welcome to the R. Jackson Home Podcast. This week I'm joined by Amy Crenshaw. She's the founder, creator, director, all the things at Community Cafe. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Amy, you have uh, started what I think is becoming a staple of our community, uh, which is a I pretty so. this is a pretty cool thing. Uh, so, but you know, starting a restaurant is something I actively. Like I meet, I work with a lot of different businesses, and I actively tell them people not to do that, uh, to go into the restaurant business. Were you in the restaurant business? How did you get to this point? Never been in the restaurant business. Never even entertained the idea of being in the restaurant business for some of the same reasons you tell some <laughs> of your uh, friends and clients. Um, it doesn't go over very well, especially as a mom and pop or mm-hmm. um, non-franchised. Um, no, I used to be a nurse. Um, uh, quit nursing the uh, night our oldest son was born, 28 years ago. Um, have nine children, kind okay. of all spread out over many years, but three biological, six adopted. Um, so I have fed a small yeah. army. Yeah, you've been running a restaurant. Yeah, yeah, I've been running a restaurant at home. Um, my husband and I are both passionate about good, healthy food. Um, his profession kind of lends itself to that. He's a cardiologist. We try to eat healthy at home, try to feed our kids healthy. So when this model of cafe, a nonprofit donation-based community for the whole community cafe, um, was uh, presented to us, it was actually one of my older daughters, our oldest daughter, was in Denver um, doing a gap year between high school and college. They spent the first semester in downtown Denver. And they had, they built relationships with people in the downtown area, um, the needy, some of the people that worked down there, the underserved. They had, she had an internship and then they basically frequented, you know, they, they lived right there in downtown Denver. So it was either take public transportation out away from the city or spend their time in the city. And that's actually what they were there for was to get to know the city, um, do inner city, intercultural studies, inner city ministries. So she called one day and said, mama, she said, just went in the coolest place. She said it was a cafe that had a real simple menu. There's no prices on the menu. You can go in and if you need a meal, you can um, volunteer. If you don't have the money for a meal, you can volunteer an hour or so of your time or you can pay kind of a donation, whatever you think the that your meal's worth. And she said um, men, men, the menu was super simple, two pizzas, two salads, two soups, um, and she said, it was just really cool. And she said, you and daddy need to open one. And I'm sitting there thinking, mm-hmm, yeah, we've got nine kids. That's exactly what I need to do. Yeah. Um, but we had, as a family, participated in Church Without Walls downtown, um, which is a church for homeless, underserved, street people, and then just smattering of people that just really were out of the institutional church or were done with it, basically. Um, so we were... We were um, already participating in that. I then after that was asked to be on the Area Relief Ministry Board um, for a while. So we had gotten to know a lot of the people in downtown Jackson that were either homeless, um, truly homeless, or underserved in one way or another, um, a lot with mental illnesses, and a lot that just um, were down and out on their luck. so, and we knew that there was a soup kitchen in downtown, uh, in downtown Jackson. Um, we, though, also felt like um, there was always room for more um, with room in the inn um, and it not 
always being available every night, we were finding that that there were people that were doing without food or were doing the best they could um, trying to find food. So when I jokingly told her, yeah, that's what we need to do, um, but the concept was so cool. I I didn't really understand it, but I Googled this um, cafe. Uh, It was called Same Cafe. It's an acronym for So All Mate and loved what I saw. Um, It was just about nothing fancy, um, serving people of all walks of life and all walks of people from all walks of life coming together in this one small space mm-hmm. and dining with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just truly beautiful. So at the end of her gap year, we actually got to go out and visit. Um, and it happened. We had hoped that we would get to go to same cafe and see what they were all about. So this was almost a year later. Um, they were closed. It was oh. Easter weekend. Oh. <laughs> So the next year, another one of our daughters did the gap year. She happened in same, talked about it. I had actually even talked to the owner at this point and found out that the cafes were nonprofits. Mm. So I thought, this is perfect. You know, we can can actually raise money to start it or we can use some of our tithe to start it. Um, We do house church, so we obviously don't tithe to our church. So we were tithing to other parachurch organizations or ministries um, in and around town and out of town. So it just became... Um, an idea that we really thought was very doable. Um, started looking into it, actually got to visit same cafe in Denver. We also visited um, another one in Denver, Cafe 180, I think, in um, Inglewood, uh, Colorado, right outside of Denver. We also visited one in Boone, North Carolina called Farm Cafe that had just been open for about a year and a half. Um, so just totally fell in love with the idea of, of building, having this place in Jackson that people could come to, that if they needed a meal, they could feel sure they would get that mm-hmm. meal, um, and that people from all walks of life could actually just come and dine together, because you just don't see that real mm-hmm. often. Um, started looking for a building in maybe, oh, oh gosh, I want to say March of... Uh, it would have been 2013, um, finally found a place. Actually, we started kind of out on the bus line, but but further closer to the interstate, so more north than where we are in downtown Jackson. Um, felt like we could serve um, probably a bigger area of the city, and we also knew that there was a homeless encampment that used to be back off the um, interstate. Don't even know if they're still there or not, but you know, we thought, well, we can get them. People, you know, we're on the bus line. People can still get to us. Um, that fell through, went through another building, semi out in that area, then started looking in downtown, really couldn't find anything. And one day I was just kind of like, okay, Lord, is this gonna happen? drove by in one of the buildings where we are now, um, the very place. Uh, it had been a place that I said, that's where we need to be because it was right across the street from Area Relief Ministries. Guys lying up there for room mm-hmm. in the inn. We knew that there would be people that might happen in ARM that would um, be looking for a meal and they could direct people mm-hmm. um, right across the street to us. Also a couple great big churches there and it just kind of made sense. But the building was occupied. So this 
one last little whim in August of that year um, was down at the farmer's market with one of my daughters. I said, just drive back down there. Just, just Let's just see if there's anything we've missed. And literally pulled up at the stoplight at East Main and Church Street. And I looked over, over at the building and it had a for rent sign on it. I called the girl and we saw it about an hour and a half later, kind of got the ball rolling to figure out what we needed to do to make it work. Um, have a super incredible land uh, landlord and they were just really great at working with us. That was in August. We opened in November of oh, that year. Wow. I know, it was incredible. Yeah. yeah. Opened at the end of November, right before Thanksgiving for three days, kind of a soft opening. Uh-huh. Was there equipment in it already, or did you have to find all that? Nope, we had to find all that. (laughs) I had actually started kind of watching and acquiring, um, especially restaurant buyouts and stuff like that, because somebody had, I think it was Gina Mandel, had the uh, great um, uh, idea or great knowledge to tell me, do not buy new, do not buy new equipment. Mm -hmm. She said, one, you you know, you got to be sure you're going to make it. Two, New equipment is always can be refurbished and it, it doesn't die very easily. So we did that. We watched, um, bought some stuff down in Georgia. My son went down and hauled it up. I did have in my mind that I wanted it to feel like a place where people were coming and dining in my home, that they were having in my home or somebody else's home, <clears throat> that they weren't going to a restaurant, that it didn't feel sterile, that it didn't feel... Um, it just felt like they were in somebody's home. So I did not have a picture in my mind of what it looked like, but I had in my mind that I wanted it to be very cozy, Mm -hmm. that I didn't want to serve on plastic plates or disposables or anything like that. So I watched for sales on stuff like the Fiesta Ware that we serve on that I think is so awesome because the colors are bright. It's Mm -hmm. something that I would use at home. Um, And we just kind of started stockpiling. So we we had taken a major step and then my you know, I was kind of like, oh, what if this never happened? But it was really pretty funny. I was like, okay, I've got nine kids. I can divvy it up and they can all have a set of dishes or something like that. Yeah. So it really was. But yeah, my husband was very glad when we opened in November because it was all being stored in his barn. <laughs> um, so yeah, we had, and, and then we had to make a great big order once we kind of dove in and I found the chef that I wanted and and we kind of put our heads together and figured out what we wanted and what we needed. Um Put an order in, got it shipped in, and there it was. <laughs> in time to open in November. In time to open in November, basically when we kind of anticipate opening. So that was pretty cool because how many places really open when they None. say they're going to? None. I know. So yeah. that was fun. Um, so first several months, probably first year, we served upwards to 120 people a day. Yeah. We were the new kid on the block. Yeah. Um, we have awesome food, as you know. Yeah. Um, and it, it just, it just worked. It, yeah. You know, all we were there to do was to, um, like our logo says, to love, to feed, to dignify. Mm-hmm. And we felt like we were doing a pretty decent job of that. We've made up, we've made some boo-boos. We've actually probably, um, not served in such a dignifying way in a, a you know, a time or two. Um, mm-hmm. but, but I feel like for, for the most part, I've got incredible chefs. I've got, um, uh, I've had several young women that have been on staff with us that have been basically cafe front uh, dining room managers or whatever that have just been incredible. Everybody that's walked through there, um, you know, 
And when I hire somebody, I, I usually tell them, and I even told my chefs, I don't want this to be a place where you just, you end up settling. I want this to either be a stepping stone or you learn something and take something um, with you after you leave. Um, so it, it, the cafe itself has so many different purposes. One, with my employees. Two, obviously, we're there for the people that need a meal. So yeah. my volunteers that are volunteering for a meal. And, and, and those are the most important people to us. Yeah. But then, you know, but then I have to say, then the people that come in and pay for a meal or pay more than mm-hmm. what their fair share, share is for a meal... So then I have to say, oh, yeah, they're the most important, too. Yeah. So we've got a whole lot of most important aspects to it. Yeah. Um, yeah. What, what, uh, what is your kind of your percentage between people who don't pay mm-hmm. and people who pay? Mm-hmm. We, we typically, it's been really interesting because there for a while I was saying, oh, 12 to 15 percent. It was probably on the higher end. Then for a little while it felt like, okay, we're not serving that many. But so I'd say, oh, maybe 10 to 12 percent, you know, and, and now we pretty much always say, 12 to 15 percent because it almost always month to month averages mm-hmm. out that we are we are giving away 12 to 15 percent of our meals in exchange for an hour of their time and it's been very consistent that's interesting. yeah even even with the numbers dropping off a little bit yeah. um because we're not the new kid on the block anymore last september i put a shout out on facebook yeah. our numbers had dropped and it was basically, you know, hey guys, we know the food's still fabulous. Um, you know, I have that confidence. And Jesse and Austin are two chefs. They are just so incredibly talented. Um, and I just had to say, I, we basically, we need you back down here. You know, I know sometimes people forget. They think, oh, it's downtown. You know, I'm going to, you know, I'm out north. Um, so we put that plea out and it was incredible just to see the number of people that came, got up, got behind us. Um, and either donated um, product, money, went on our Amazon list, donated time as volunteers, donated um, their volunteered their services, mm-hmm. <laughs> as you did, um, just helping out with doing what they were good at doing or what their job was or, or just, um, you know, had one guy say, hey, I'm kind of a jack of all trades, do a little bit of this, a little bit of that. I do repair work. Call me if you ever have so we've got people, we've got a whole worksheet of, of people mm-hmm. that have said, call me if you need this. So that's, that's been, yeah, and that has been beautiful. Yeah. And that's when, you know, it, it kind of, the first thing I said in that little shout out on Facebook was, this is not my cafe. It's not the Crenshaw's. It's not Jesse and Austin's cafe. This yeah. is Jackson's community mm-hmm. cafe. So we need you, community. Yeah. <laughs> You know, well, and so to talk about the garden and the menu mm. and, and your the mm-hmm. healthiness of the, mm-hmm. the focus there. So um, we knew that we wanted to be very different. Um, and again, it kind of goes back to my family and the way I feed my children and my husband. Um, we try to eat very healthy. Um, and we knew that... Um, I knew that I needed to keep the menu simple. And my advice, I've had lots of people call from different areas, especially once we got on the micro, returning the favor show, had just tons of phone calls um, from people in different areas saying, hey, how can we do this and what should we do? And my one piece of advice to them is keep the menu simple. It's a lunchtime cafe. Mm -hmm. You don't have to have 45 different items. So two soups, two salads, and two sandwiches every day. And still I have people that stand... 
get up there to order and they're staring at the menu like, oh my gosh, there's so much to offer. What do I want? Yeah. And literally I go, there's two soups, there's two salads and two sandwiches. Yeah. Um, so we wanted to keep it simple. We wanted to use, use as much locally sourced, and I'll get to that in a second, and we wanted to use most, as much organic as we could get. Um, Carrie Phillips had come, um, she's Carrie Griffith now, but she was Carrie Gri- uh, Phillips then. She had come alongside, heard about the cafe. She had done an internship, summer internship, with an organic gardener over in the... Um, uh, northeast or someplace, can't even remember the name of the place. Um, and she was super passionate about organic gardening and, and really just wanted to kind of um, kind of test her uh, gardening skills, so to speak. Um, she kind of volunteered to help get an organic garden set up. So she kind of played with some stuff at our house, out on our property um, one summer. And then the next summer, um, when we really got up and going, um, we were kind of thinking of, I wonder if there's a space in downtown that we could have just a small garden of some sort. And immediately my mind went to Area Relief Ministries, behind Area Relief Ministries, because I knew that there was this space that St. Luke's had um, given Area Relief Ministry, um, basically ownership or um, uh, however I could say it, um, stewardship over this this piece of property. And at one point, some of the men at Area Relief Ministries that were in the day shelter had actually taken that and turned it into a little community garden, but it had kind of gone defunct. And I think it was even kind of a bone of contention with both Arm and um, St. Luke's because one thought the other should be taking care of it. So it was it was neglected, poor little piece of property. So one day, Carrie and I decided we were going to march over to St. Luke's and we were going to just ask them if we could borrow that piece of property. I walked in. We kind of told the the rector uh, what we were there for, who we were, that we were opening this cafe, and I'm sure he kind of stood there and looked at us like, yeah, uh-huh. whatever y'all are talking about. But we did. And I said, and you know that piece of property? And I had already kind of gone through the whole organic spill. And I said, you know that piece of property? And he shook his head and he goes, yes. And I said, yeah, well, we, we, we'd like to know. If, and he goes, yes. And I said, are you saying yes, we can borrow it? And he was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so it's been a beautiful space. It has been under the um, uh, kind of um, headship or it's it's been under... I think now four different gardeners, mm. and you can only imagine that it has seen uh, just total transition with every gardener because I found out that gardeners are very creative. Carrie got it set up, and she was there for about a year and a half, and then she turned it over when she got married and moved. She turned it over to a second young lady that was very neat and and had everything just perfectly laid out, and and it was just so pristine, and then... She got married and moved, and then we had a third girl that was just kind of like all out there. Although she was super quiet and just super reserved, she was super creative, and she had all these ideas, and there were vines growing all over the place (laughs) and sunflowers all, and it was beautiful. Um, And then it kind of got neglected for a little while because she ended up leaving to go study abroad and then one of our board members said my husband really needs a project and he's really (laughs) great at gardening so now we have mike mandel that oversees the garden and then abigail varghese who works in the cafe 
loves gardening. She has worked at Morse Nursery for a number of years. So she is kind of our staff person that kind of heads up that part of the uh, cafe. And Mike just does an incredible job and volunteers his time and kind of keeps it all roped in. And it's such a beautiful little mm-hmm. spot. It really is. And like how much food can you really grow We there? don't. Yeah, okay. we don't grow everything for the cafe there by any means. You can only imagine. But we do keep a lot of salad greens right now. We've got like I think arugula um, that needs to be harvested. We've got lots of different salad greens. We've got um, kale. Um, and, and those types of plants will put out quite a bit. I mean, we could we can harvest, you know, enough for the salads for the day. Um, and then we keep a lot of fresh herbs. Um, okay. That yeah. makes a lot of sense. We also have two fig trees down there that were the ugliest, scraggliest little trees that we never thought would make it. And one of them literally is about half the size of this room um, by the end of the summer. It's Mm. huge. And if we can keep the birds and the neighbors out of the figs, then we can harvest quite a few figs also. So it's, it really is, it's more for show and a little bit of, we we do get a lot of fresh herbs from it. Mm -hmm. Um, And just whatever, whoever is heading up the garden, we basically let them have run with it and say, just, you know, we can use anything. My yeah. chefs are so talented. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, and then you, you kind of glazed over the Mike Rowe segment there. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. so you were, you know, and I saw someone shared it recently. There's several million views yeah. on that video. Yeah. Talk, talk to us about what, what happened there and <coughs> what happened afterwards. Well, it was really interesting because... Um, I didn't even know that anybody had turned our name in. I didn't even know about this little show. I love Micro. My boys all used to watch Dirty Jobs. Oh, yeah, yes, yeah. who didn't? Yeah. So um, I knew Micro. Didn't know anything about this little Facebook show, and did not know that anybody had turned our name in because, unfortunately, um, last fall, um, one of our children passed away. And I was out for about a month. I just could not go back to the cafe at that point. So all this had happened. Some One of our volunteers that was a workplace reemployability, he was kind of on um, um, unemployment, or not unemployment, um, workman's comp um, from his job and they do a great job we've I could that's another whole segment I could talk about you know how we get volunteers from other entities mm-hmm. and one of them is these um, uh, guys that are on workman's comp or men and women and they are required to do X number of volunteer hours so he was a regular volunteer fell in love with the cafe we fell in love with Cecil and he said to Jesse and Austin one day he said hey have y'all ever heard of returning the favor? And they were kind of like, yeah, maybe, you know, and he kind of explained it. He goes, well, I love that show and I'm going to turn y'all in. They were like, okay, that's great. Well, we've had people say, I turned you into divers, diners, drive-ins and dives or whatever, you know, all those. And I'm like, that's, that's great. You know, never heard anything back from any of them. But anyways, so the guys had, Jesse and Austin had gotten a couple phone calls from this producer um, that supposedly was, um, you know, heading up this project for returning the favor, blah, blah, blah. And one of the first days that I was back, Austin brings me the phone and he's kind of trying to give me in a nutshell because I hadn't heard anything of it. And he's kind of trying to tell me and he goes, and I have to do a background check and and um, I think they need to do it on you. So here, can you talk to her? So I'm kind of like, uh, and you know, one of the first things she said was, I promise we're legit. Look up the show. This is what it is. And 
literally within about three weeks, they were there <laughs> filming the show. Wow. Um, and these were little micro editions, micro, <laughs> M-I-C-R-O, of the micro returning the favor. So they were little five, seven minute snippets um, that kind of led up to the, the big I guess they're 30 minute shows or whatever mm-hmm. on Facebook um, on returning the favor, but it was fabulous. Had a crew there of three people all day long one day, just had a blast with them. They made us feel like, you know, we weren't on camera. They literally just kind of followed us around, um, just let us do our thing. And it was a, it was just a fun day. Had lots of volunteers show up without even really any word that, hey, you know, we got something special going mm-hmm. on. Although I did put out a Facebook uh, plea that day saying, you won't want to miss the meal today or something like yeah. that. So we did have a lot of people coming in. So that was kind of funny that, you know, people were like, okay, got to go see what's happening. Um, and it was just tons of fun. And then at the end of the day, they had asked um, one of our, sh- I guess they had asked both Jesse and Austin what we could use in the cafe. And, you know, was there anything that we were really in need of? And we really did need a new freezer. Mm-hmm. Um, the one we have, works and actually it's been working consistently since then but it would occasionally go on the fritz so now we have a backup freezer that we keep all our meat you know the most valuable stuff that we have in and then you know so we'll, we'll bring it up and put it in the freezer upstairs as we know we're going to use it later yeah. in the week but um yeah they um brought in a whole bunch of really neat goody kitchen stuff and yeah the freezer and it was tons of fun. Micro was not there. That was kind of disappointing. But Lee was incredibly fun. And the guy that ran the camera, they were just, it mm-hmm. really felt like they were family that were there just kind of hanging out with us. And we did get to FaceTime or Skype or whatever with Micro at the end of the day. And that was tons of fun. And yeah. he is just such a neat, authentic fella. And it's just a really, really neat show. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, and so... <clears throat> You know, that's just one way that the community is supported. And you mentioned the outpouring of support after you posted that Facebook post. Incredible. Who are some of the community supporters that you guys work with a lot? Um, you know, we, um, we have a physician's office that orders lunch from us. Um, and I, I'm not going to say his name because I don't know if he'd really want me to. <laughs> but he or, they order lunch from us on a regular basis, usually two or three times a week. And it's usually probably $140 worth of food or whatever. But what he does then is he doubles the donation. So that $140 that is the donation for the meals, he doubles that every day um, that they order from us. So he, on a very regular basis, we've just also picked up a second clinic out here out north that has um, started ordering lunches from us that when they go and speak to other clinics or other doctor's offices, they usually will take a lunch or whatnot. And Mm -hmm. they've started ordering from us on a regular basis. So a lot of the physician's offices, the Jackson Clinic, they order from us on a very regular basis and we've started picking up a lot of groups that are um, coming and having meetings upstairs jackson chamber their um i think it's actually their uh, leadership jackson alumni group have a lunch up there quarterly have their quarterly meeting upstairs so they'll come in during lunch we've got this great upstairs space that is the coolest place it's got windows all across the front and all down the side. It's bright, it's area. Actually, Jackson Leadership um, 
did that, redid most of the room for us. It was actually started by a um, pastor uh, from one of the churches. Um, he kind of got in there and tore it up and took this sound booth out, and he and one of his buddies kind of cleaned it up and got all of it going. And then Jackson Leadership came in and said, hey, we want to finish that out for you as a project. So, cool. And it's the neatest spot. It really is a very cool spot. So we've actually started getting a lot more um, lunches um, and, and repeat uh, you know, again, like Jackson, uh, the chamber, um, you know, they've already got us booked out for their meetings for mm -hmm. the year. Area Relief Ministry just came to us and said, hey, can we have our uh, board meeting up there once quarterly? Habitat for Humanity has done a couple things up there. So very cool. That is really yeah. cool. Now, if the community is looking to get involved and to support you other than mm -hmm. coming to eat, mm -hmm. What, what should they do? Um, well, they can come volunteer. Uh, we do have, especially this time of year, for some reason, it seems like a lot of businesses want to come. Um, they've got community awareness days. And um, just heard from Horn LLP. They want to come one day this summer um, with a group of volunteers. And, you know, we'll try to if we've got a big project that we need done. Um, a major cleaning. Somebody did that this past fall for us. They came in, their group did. I mean, scrubbed the floors, washed down walls, you know, stuff that doesn't get done every day. Um, so they can come and do a big volunteer cleanup or something like that. I'm hoping that Horn is going to be able to come and, and help with the garden because that garden can really, in the summertime, really just take over and run away if yeah. we don't have somebody there. So probably we'll look at having them do something um, there or maybe even a project upstairs where it be a big cleanup. Maybe coming down and cleaning out the basement for us because we um, get a lot of donations of kitchen supplies that we can't necessarily use, but people love to give us stuff. Mm -hmm. And I'm really, really bad about saying, uh, no, we can't use that. Because most of the time what I tell them is, if we can't use it, I will find somebody, yeah. whether it be one of our volunteers that has just recently gotten an apartment. Um, so we're able to give that sort of stuff away. Um, and and it, that seems to accumulate pretty quickly. <laughs> so volunteer, we always need donations. We need money. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I'm not ashamed to say that because, um, you know, we have to keep the lights on in order to operate. Um, things have been pretty good um, lately. But again, you know, we're, we're nonprofit. So basically, we're going to put it back into the business and whether that or into the cafe and whether that means um, actually upgrading um you know equipment because we did buy all used we've had to replace a couple things um whether it means that we are able to help one of our volunteers in a way we've got a couple really very dedicated volunteers that have been there every day practically for four years since we've been open and you know we'd like to be able to help them if they get into a bind and need some utility assistance or something like that or bus passes or something like that we'd like to keep that sort of stuff on hand so i'm never ashamed to say we always need money um, um prayer if you believe in prayer pray for us and um, just again come have lunch pay it forward we keep some um, wooden tokens on hand also that if somebody is not actually able to work well, let me back up and say we sell these tokens for $10. So they're basically somebody is buying a meal, paying it forward with okay. a meal. And and we can either give them the token, which a lot of times is really nice for people that work downtown. Um, 
because they can keep one of these in their desk drawer, in their car, in their pocket, so that when somebody says, hey, I haven't eaten in a while, can you help me out? A lot of people say, well, why don't you go over to Community Cafe? Well, I can't work, you know, or whatever. And if they just feel like they want to help somebody out, they can say, well, here, do this then. Here's a token for a meal. Go get a great healthy meal. Or they're great for birthdays, Christmas mm -hmm. gifts, whatever. But it is really nice to be able to have those. So, um, yeah, we keep those on hand. You know, a couple times I've had people come in. I've had guys that have been let out at the bus stop front by the police department. They've been in jail for, you know, whatever reason. I, we don't ever question that. But they are over at the bus station, need a meal. You know, they've been given their ticket to get wherever they're going, but basically are sent out with not much more than that. And they're sitting there waiting at the bus station thinking, I'm hungry. They see us right directly across the corner. And I've had people come in and they'll say, well, I can't work. I've only got 45 minutes before my bus comes. There's a token in there that somebody has paid for and left with me that has paid for their meal. Had one guy one day come in this winter, had been, you know, and how our winters are so crazy. And he had been put in jail and the week before. So he was in jail for a week. It was cold. He wasn't even from here in Jackson. He was given a bus ticket to go back to wherever when he was released from jail the following week. It was freezing cold. Again, you know how the temperatures are here. When he was here and gotten arrested, you know, it was warm. The next week he came in and he was the kindest, literally. I, I mean, I can't, he walked in and I thought, this guy is, is literally getting ready to freeze to death. So, uh, again, somebody had brought hats and gloves and jackets and stuff. I went down and got that. I you know, told him he could volunteer for an hour for his meal. And he goes, he goes well, I'll be more than happy to, but I've, I've only got about an hour. And I said, well, you really need to eat and get warm. So, had a had a token. So, somebody had already paid for his meal. And literally, when he left, he said, he said, you guys just treated me kinder than I've ever been treated in my whole life. And that just meant so much. Mm -hmm. and, and that happens quite frequently. Yeah. <laughs> well, Amy, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, and, thank you. And for, you know, and I say this a lot, but I mean this here, for choosing to make Jackson home and stay here, but also helping to make it a better place. Yeah, thanks, thanks. Well, you know, we're just trying to do what what we've been told to do. <laughs> Treat people the way we want to be treated. So, you know, there's a lot of people that are just down and out on their luck that need a little bit of help. Today's podcast was hosted by Kevin Adelsberg. Our intro music was performed by Aaron Harden. It was recorded live at The Code. To find out more about The Code, visit their website at www.atthecode.com. To find out more about our Jackson home and to read more about how amazing Jackson is, visit rjacksonhome.com.